I'm in the studio with Jay Helene. 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 You are now in the studio with Jay Helene. What's up, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jay Halim, and yes, you are back in the studio with me. And again, I keep upgrading y'all, right? Because, you know, you see a lovely young lady on the screen right here. This is a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> this is a celebrity. She comes from celeb Columbia royalty. <laughs> and yes, you know, um, y'all know I always try to have exclusive individuals on here, people who I respect, people who I see doing some things and reason why I say that, and I have to say it, because a lot of people go and get people for this reason, that reason. I got to respect it. I got to respect what you're doing. I got to believe in what you're doing. I got to see the pedigree in order to bring it to, you know, my audience. And, you know, as I talked to this lovely young lady prior to us getting on, on camera, and I told her about how I met her mom years ago, and then I see her moving in the community like her mom moved, and I'm like, wow, I got to have a conversation. I never had a chance to have your mom on this show. So I have you here. <laughs> and so we got to get her. Exactly. <laughs> and for you guys in that live in Columbia, you probably already know her. You know, Miss Catherine Myers Wilson. How long have you been Wilson now? For like six months. Six months. <laughs> Congratulations. So she's still honeymooning. Thank you. She's still yes. honeymooning. <laughs> And so I had to put that out there because I know that the company is the Myers uh, Law Firm. However, you know, she is off the market. <laughs> you know, she's off the market, fellas. So, you know, got to put that out there. She got, She's out there. Somebody beat you to it. Don't get mad. Somebody beat you to it. You got to get with the program, you know. You snooze, you lose. How you doing, Catherine? I am doing great. I want to say, Mr. J. Halim, I know it's not that formal, but I just use it as a term of respect. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for all that you've accomplished. I'm here. I know you say I'm a guest, but I'm here to learn something. <laughs> no, we here to enjoy. <laughs> look, we here to enjoy you and enjoy each other's company and have conversation that need to be had. Because a lot of yeah. times, you know, we have jewels just right around us, right in our community. And nobody don't highlight it. And to be perfectly honest, because I like to be honest on here, in our community where we are in Columbia, we're a vacuum. We take a lot of things right. in, we let nothing out. So my job was to start creating this type of platform to let other people know what's going on, the Jews that we do have in Columbia. It's a lot mm -hmm. that goes on in Columbia, especially we're both entrepreneurs. I've been all over the country and, you know, in training and teaching the entrepreneurship you will be surprised as how many major cities don't offer some of the things that Columbia offer, but we just mm -hmm. don't know because the information is not being put out there. So um, my job, I took it on as part of myself to say, how do I go ahead and shed some light on that? And so one of the things is starting with the entrepreneurs first. So this is one of the reasons yeah. why you're here. You are an entrepreneur and we want to talk about your journey. We're going to talk about your journey from graduating college to saying, hey, this is what I want to do, and how you get to make this crazy decision to be an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's a journey, definitely. So you want me to jump in? Yes, jump in, jump in, jump in, right okay. in. Okay. So I graduated from C.A. Johnson Preparatory Academy, and I was number one in my class. And the biggest thing for me was I got a full academic scholarship to college. Wow. And so that was huge. Like, I knew my parents couldn't afford to send me to college. So I had already decided, look, I'm going to do this teacher's program 
They'll send you to college, you teach for four years, and then your debt is forgiven. Wow. So I was in maybe the final round of interviews. I think it was at Columbia College for the interviews when I was a senior in high school. And I got a call while I was running track at Lower Richland. My dad took me back to the library and they go, surprise, I have been accepted one out of four students in the country for a full academic scholarship to Furman University in Greenville. So small, small school. A lot of people hadn't heard of it before, um, but they're kind of like considered the Ivy League of the South. And, you know, I came from an all black elementary, middle and high school. So going to Furman, I think I was like, as an African-American, it might've been 0.2 or 0.4% of the population. So I knew that I was stepping out of my comfort zone, but I wanted to do that. You know, yeah. kind of imagine a world where your church is black, your home is black, your school is black, the beauty salon is black, the library is black, just your whole world. Yeah. And so I knew that the whole world is not black. So I took that step out of my comfort zone and that I think may have been more challenging <laughs> than entrepreneurship. <laughs> But I learned so much. And what I think was so valuable about that experience is I got to learn so much about how other people do things and other cultures and other classes. But I didn't feel like the way I grew up was bad. And I didn't feel like the way I do things is bad. You know, it's just different. And so I'm not going to become anybody else. But I love different cultures. I'll give this one little story and I'll I'll move off. No, no, you're good. You know, we uh we said, where are we going to go eat? It was a group of students. And I said, we should go to Golden Corral. And they talked trash about how that was a trash place to eat, and they would never eat there. And so for me, that was a tr- uh, treat, you know, right on at a the Sunday. Church. Right at the church. <laughs> yes, right at the church. You could go to Golden Corral or Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just like a little example of kind of learning that People have different cultures, but I'll never look down on anybody else's culture, and I'm not going to let anybody else's culture look down on yeah. me. Yeah, that's just the college you know? experience anyway. That's the college experience yeah. anyway. And I tell my kids that now, you know, um, yeah, you don't have to go to college, but it's a great experience, and you meet people from all over, all walks of life. I went to HBCU, but still, coming from right. the New York um, tri-state area and coming to the South, you still saw people live differently. People live, mm-hmm. I met people from the West Coast, they live differently. They like different yep. things, you know. Um, so that's the college experience. So it's still priceless in a sense, even outside of the education portion. You know, you're going to meet people and learn, and you you know you're going to get away. You know, and speaking of mm-hmm. which, you you didn't go too far, but you did go away. You saw some new things. Yeah. What made you come back home? You know, because you could have went right. to the rest of the world, but you came back to Columbia. Right. So that was the plan. You know, after <laughs> college, you're supposed to take off. So I had applied to 18 law schools after college and I got into my first one. It was uh, Richmond University in Richmond, Virginia. And the the acceptances started rolling in Syracuse up in New York. Um, And I was like, oh, where am I going to go? Oregon, Washington, all around the country. And one of my um, bosses, because I worked in the library, She was like, Catherine, you got to go. Like, you got to get out of here. And she was, you know, encouraging me. I really, really wanted to go to Columbia University in New York. Like, I had a professor from Cornell who wrote me a letter. You know, it was all 
in my mind, destiny. Lined up. So, right, right, it's lined up. I get the letter from Columbia University, and you know it's Columbia because of the mm-hmm. envelope. My friend in, at college got the same letter. So we said, let's go sit down and open our letters. So she opened her letter first, and, she, and it said, we are happy to invite you to the incoming class of da-da-da-da. She was um, either biology or nursing, something like that. So I opened my letter, and you know how I go. We had so many qualified candidates. Mm. We regret to inform you. Right? Wow. (laughs) So my dream school, not happening. And so I called my dad, and he said I needed to frame it and look at that rejection every day. But I balled it up, and I threw it in the trash, you know? And so I said, well, I could go to another law school or like a lot of people like to say, this is a sign. Since I didn't get in, it's a sign I'm not supposed to be a lawyer, (laughs) right? But I said, no, I'm just going to keep applying. And I got it into 15 out of 18 schools. That's amazing. And for me, thank you, thank you. And for me, the way I was raised, finances is almost like the number one decision I make yeah. in anything, right? So I, I, I got into Spelman for undergrad, my dream under, undergrad school, but no scholarship, so I couldn't go. Yeah. And so with, um, with um, law school, the University of South Carolina, right back in my hometown, gave me a half scholarship. Wow. And, right, and I didn't have to keep a certain GPA to keep the scholarship which was huge because at Furman, I had to keep a three five to keep the scholarship. So that brought me back to Columbia. Makes sense. (laughs) Makes sense. But it's good to have that discussion (laughs) though, because you know, a lot of children and I still, I'm I'm in tune. If you see some of the things I'm doing with kids, a lot of you know kids pay attention to me. They need to understand that. They need to listen to that because um, college is a business. And yeah. so people have this dream about going to college, but you, you know you got to have a plan about that thing. And it's not always about mm-hmm. you got to have a hundred thousand dollars saved up. What about the first plan? Is that be a good academic, you know, yeah. be a good student, and then apply on time, take your tests right. on time, you know, right. make sure you take your tests a few times. I think I know when we were in high school, you can take the um, SAT a few times. You don't have yep. to take it one time. So take it a few times. Give right. yourself the best opportunity and for parents stop just you know get off your behind and help your kids you know say hey look <laughs> my kid is you know he wasn't doing so much so get him in the after school program get him in the saturday program get some psat yeah. stuff going on so that you this can help you out you know yeah. not just sitting there just saying okay well they didn't like you said it's a sign my kid didn't i say stop treating kids like lottery tickets Right. You know, you actually have, a, if you put the work in, you can make sure that every one of your kids are successful. Not, yeah. well, we'll see what they do. No. You know, right. get out here and, and help them out. Make sure you work hard to get them in the position. And and be honest with the, with your kid. If your kid aren't, isn't Cart Cornell, that's okay. It's great schools out there. Right. You know, that might right. pay you. You know, I, my son likes to play basketball. I always tell him. If you you'll be doing me a favor if you get a free scholarship to any school. It don't have to be a D one school, but I'm right. still gonna pay for your college if you don't. But if that's the favor, if it's free, whatever, because that's where you're gonna go. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and you, I think sometimes we think about things in terms of well, I don't have the money to send my kids to a SAT camp or get them a tutor or whatever people think is too expensive. 
But I love to say, do what you can with what you got. You got okay, that right. so right at my school, they had free SAT classes after school, just like you said. Most I'm people in those have classes. them. Most people have right. them, and then you can't say that with a Louis bag. Come on, you can't say that with a Louis bag. You know what I mean? Come on. You can't say that. So you got a couple oh, Louis exactly. bags in your closet, or you know, you buying the kid J's every time they drop. That was the class. That was the class. That was the class no, right, you're right there. So, you know, and at so, the end of the day, you know, it's on you. you. Mentioned, you're right. And you mentioned after school classes, I was in that. Saturday classes, I was in that. The NAACP did it for free. Practice tests for free. The PSAT, you spoke on that. That's huge because that's the pre-SAT. Mm-hmm. And that gets you in position for the SAT. Yep. I got the highest PSAT in my whole high school. Wow. And so none of these things, like you say, is not a lottery. You know, it's intentional. And so my mom, you talk about my mom being a sweet lady. She's sweet to the outside, right? I can probably tell you two Saturdays that I slept in my whole childhood. We was at a camp. We were at choir rehearsal. We were in Girl Scouts. And so I I got like all A's and B's every year, but she still made me go to summer school for extra enrichment. And, you know, I... At the library, you had the summer reading. Mm-hmm. I read every book every year. Love it. And so that was what was on that scholarship for Furman. It said, list every book you've read in the last year. And I didn't have enough space. Wow. Because all the books I had read. And, you know, you with your books. I need to add that to my list. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, you just showed me something because I'm a parent. See, this is real stuff. And my daughter, in a few years, she will be having, we already having that discussion. And I'm going to talk to her about, hey, one of the things that these major colleges is going to be talking about is how many books you read. Now, yeah. the beautiful thing about my daughter is that she's finishing up her second book that she's written. <laughs> and so ah, but I, I want her to understand, don't get lax when you go to college. I mean, go to high school, read these books. I, you know, I'm an avid reader now, but I wish I never slowed down. And, you know, before it was, if a school wanted me to read, I read, but... Now, oh, my God, I can't wait to get a hold of a book. My five-hour flights, I stay on the West Coast. I always go to the West Coast. My five-hour flights is books and sleep, not music. It's book and sleep. So that's me because I love it, and I didn't realize the knowledge that you get, you know, from really reading. And so I try to put that into my kids, but definitely that's incentive because she, like, literally already knows, like, well, one of the best schools for education in the country is Arizona State. Like, she's 13. She's already talking about that. So okay. I'm like, well, if Arizona State might want to know if you read, you know, 15 books over the last, you know, six months and you need to be on it. So I'm glad that you said that. That's that. That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. That's mm-hmm. important. So you go to law school. Obviously, spoiler alert, she graduated. <laughs> <laughs> she, I did it. Yeah. And I passed the bar exam. <laughs> exactly. So spoiler alert. So how you go from, you know, going out, jumping out to get starting your own firm? Okay, so I will say that after I graduated law school, I did try to take off again, right? It's like, okay, I'm a lawyer, (laughs) and I applied to all these jobs. I interviewed in D.C. It just didn't happen that way for me. I ended up getting a job offer for the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in the state of South Carolina, so the South Carolina Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. not the U.S. Supreme Court. So that ended up being my first job, and again, I'm in Columbia. And so after that, that was like a year. You know, you do it for a year and then you move on. And so I moved on to another state agency. 
Then I moved on to work at a private law firm. Then I moved on to the solicitor's office where I was a prosecutor. And then I look up and like many people, it's been five years. Mm-hmm. I've been a lawyer for five years, you know, and am I where I want to be? And so I really started thinking. And part of it was this uh, organization was sending me these emails to buy like a $500 plaque mm-hmm. for being a lawyer for five years. I didn't want to do that, but I kept getting reminders. It's been five years. You've been a lawyer five years, five years. And so I have been like many people probably chasing that dream job. Yeah. And so the dream job, right. You got that balance of freedom and satisfaction from your work. The dream job, you can do what you want to do and you can help the people you want to help. Yeah. You know, the dream job, people don't talk down to you and make you feel like you ain't nothing. Yeah. You know, um, just all these, I think, basics of a dream job. Mm-hmm. And so I had found it, you know, I thought for a while, I'm sorry, I had the illusion yeah. of a dream job twice. And so when it was time for me to leave that last job, again, I'm ready to take off. And for me, that was like my fifth time or fourth time in five years. I felt like the rat race. I yeah. felt like putting those interviews, right? Putting those applications out, going on them interviews, trying to convince somebody that I'm good enough. Yeah. I was tired because I hadn't just done that as a lawyer, but I started working legal jobs since I finished high school. Yeah. So I had had like 12 legal jobs already, summer jobs in school, nine summer jobs in law school. And I'm still trying to tell you why you should hire me. Just read the resume. And so many people <laughs> haven't had a quarter of the jobs you had. <laughs> Come on. Like, what experience, what else do I need to say other than this resume? Yeah. And so I'm not going to get into how a lot of people told me some things maybe I should have taken off of my resume because it identified with being black, such as being the president of the state college division of the NAACP, such as being the founding, one of the founding members of NAACP at Furman, Mm -hmm. you know, such as my sorority, Mm -hmm. you know, I could have taken those things off, but, but they meant a lot. So anyways, let me speed up. So I said, I can keep chasing or I can keep begging for a seat at this corporate successful table or I could just go build a table at this point. Say I could that. just go build one. Say that. <laughs> Say that. <laughs> Say that. But it, it, theory, that sounds like an easy, like switch, a switch went off. But in practice, it's not that easy. <laughs> um, not right? All. And I love the title of your book, I Won't Starve, because for me, what it represents is you are speaking to the fear that we are given of entrepreneurship. We are told, right, that if we step out of corporate America, you're not going to have any food. You're not going to have insurance, health insurance. You're not going to have, right, you're not going to have a steady paycheck. You're not going to have job security. But how many people we know that have been fired with this much notice? 
it's it's one of those things. I'm glad you said that because one thing about entrepreneurship and this is a fact, and I like to tell people this is one one thing about this show is about education too, is the fact that this it's they work against you as an entrepreneur, and it's a fact. The sy- the system is against entrepreneurs, you know, and so. When you when I talked about I won't starve, my my quote is the platform you leap from is more important than the platform you land on, and so mm. what you were talking about was the platform that you created for yourself by working all of these jobs that had something to do with legal, and then you still couldn't um, convince other people. But once you was able to convince yourself, come on, you was able to say I won't starve confidently by stepping out, yeah, because you understood the platform you already had. And I don't want to go too deep, but I think you already know this. But it's like we weren't created to be entrepreneurs. We were created to be employees. Yeah, of course. Walk in the straight line. Of right? Like be quiet, follow rules. But we're in a capitalist society with huge manufacturing plants from Amazon to BMW, and they need workers. Yeah. And I respect that. But everybody doesn't fit into that mode of a worker. Yeah. You know, like. That just wasn't for me. (laughs) And so when you say I won't starve, what it speaks to was you have to speak to your fears. And I remember sitting in the back of the courtroom at my last job. I had a legal pad and I wrote out, I will purchase my own health insurance. I will pay my mortgage. I will ask my daddy for money if I have to. Come on. And so I didn't use those words. Say that part again. Ask the daddy for money. Say that part. <laughs> Ask my daddy for money. No, that needs to, that needs to be said because again, especially in, in black families, parents and kids think that it's a problem to ask their parents for help or for the parent, you know, like, what are you doing? What are you here for? You're not a parent just until they're 18 or just until they're 22. You're parents for the rest of your life. And your kids should not have the same issues that you had. You should make it easier for them to have their have a, a, a more abundant life. So that's why I meant. That's why I wanted you to say that again because that's not taboo for a young lady to ask that parent. You should be prepared for your kids to have. Look, you did them a service. You got a full scholarship. Y'all should have something. <laughs> <laughs> and I also said, if I gotta sell this house, check in with my mom. To start this business, that's what I'm going to do. Come on. You know, and when you have that, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? You know, that's a real, for everybody listening, that's a very tender time. Yeah. You need to, for me, I was off social media during that time. Like, I couldn't have any outside influences that I wasn't able to trust. I love it. And so, you know, that in that tender time, my dad said, Catherine, if you do this, I'm going to pay your first month's rent at your office. Your first year's rent. I'm sorry. I'm going to pay your first year's rent. Love it. And that was that piece that gave me that safety net. Amazing. Right? But again, you guys, and Mr. J. Halim, am I saying that right? Halim? Yeah, yep, you're saying it right. you saying okay, it right. Okay, perfect. It's an illusion of a safety net. Because after three months, <laughs> he didn't pay no more. <laughs> Okay, but whatever illusion you need to give yourself and something that I thought of and I know you can relate to is what if the drought comes? Because, again, that's what I think starvation. We're we're afraid of the drought. Yeah. Drought can be a lack of 
money. Drought can be a lack of actual food. Drought can be a lack of clients. Yep. Drought can be a lack of self-esteem. But let's say drought in the literal sense is a lack of rain. Mm-hmm. And rain is needed to allow the crops, the harvest to mm-hmm. grow. The only reason you need to be afraid of a drought is if you don't know how to, A, pray for rain, B, summon the rain, mm. C, call up 20 people that can bring their extra bucket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when you think of it like that, it's like, okay, if nobody else come, me and God, we're going to summon this rain. We're going to make it happen. It might not come today. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if I can't summon it, if I'm too tired, I know 20 people that I could call right now and ask for a thousand dollars. And this business is not going under. I love it. So. I love it. Y'all see, this is what y'all need to understand. This is <laughs> no, because this is real. This is what, this is what entrepreneurship, true entrepreneurship looks like. This is what happens because everybody, trust me, I'm there. I'm with the bankers. I'm sitting there with the SBA people. I'm with these people and, and it's the cookie cutter scenario and they're telling people, and I take it personally, you know, because my goal is to make people really understand what entrepreneurship is. It's selfless. It's a selfless act all around. And when you, you're creating an opportunity for other people to have jobs, not just yours, but other individuals. But it was a selfless act of your dad, even if he never gave you a dime, but just saying <laughs> what he needed to say. And, you know, that was enough to push you over the top. And, of course, you knew you had a place. You knew he wasn't going. they wasn't going to let you starve. You know, but right. even if they wasn't around, the, the skill sets that you already had, is right. what was what what you sure you already know and and the truth of the matter is we're living in a time of drought right now mm-hmm. and I tell people from outside of the medical portion of um COVID nineteen the uh, entrepreneurs that COVID nineteen could have had another name yeah it could have been anything that could have took your business away what were you going to yep. do you know we just went through a five um a, a thousand year flood six years ago so like mm-hmm. a lot of people lost their businesses at that particular point in time. But we deal with that as entrepreneurs on a regular basis. When we yeah. try to educate individuals that had a right mindset going into this thing so they understand, like, I'm going to go in through this tunnel. I don't know what's going to happen in this tunnel, but my goal mm-hmm. is to get outside, get out of the tunnel. Because I get out of the tunnel, I'm going right to my destination. And so yeah. if you take rides and you've ever been through the Baltimore tunnel or a tunnel in New York or some other tunnel, you don't know what's going on outside. And you can't turn around inside the tunnel. Mm-mm. It's dark. It's just enough light for you to see. And right. But what is the rule in the tunnel? Stay in your lane. Yes. That's the hardest thing we can get people to do. Now, they tell you, you'll do it for a job. But in your own work for yourself, you're all over the place. Oh, yeah. You're trying to figure it out. You're doing this. You're not. No, you have a lane. You have a skill set. What is your platform? Identify your platform. This You got so much skill set. You've been training since you got out of high school. There's no way that's going to fail you. You know, I say this right. real quick story. A friend of mine was a, um, a, a barber here in Columbia. He went to Atlanta. He wanted to do music. Well, he's ended up doing, um, he's cutting hair for Tyler Perry Studios now. But what? he went down there to do music. But he was cutting hair for 20 years. What yeah. you do is going to shine more than even some of the things you want to do. That was a shiny object, but your platform was here. And yeah. so when people saw you now, this this brother is working on the Black Panther 2 movie right now. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like because he just all he did was move. All he did was shift. And they're like, oh no, I hear you. The music sound good, but you a master at this. So right. you're gonna have to do this right here. And now, man, this brother, you know, daughter graduated, just bought her a car, got a daughter staying with him, bought his house, did everything. He wouldn't have never did that. But you gotta shift. And like you said, you gotta get away from the negativity. You can't hear none of the garbage, none of the fluff. Just go and do what you need to do. And it's amazing. Right. So again, yes. spoiler alert. She started the business. <laughs> she got the office. She didn't lose it. <laughs> right. Didn't lose it. She didn't I lose mean, it. It wasn't that 2020 year that hit me tough, but it was like two months ago mm. out of nowhere. That was the lowest. And I'm going to say lowest profit generating mm. because just because you don't have a lot of money don't mean it's not a successful month. Right. Because I was able to learn. I was able to do more marketing. I was able to kind of think about how can I not be in this situation again? Mm -hmm. Right. How do I get that reserve built up so I don't have to be in crisis mode? There's no reason to be in crisis mode, you know. And so my lowest profitable, my lowest profitable month was like two months ago. Mm -hmm. And so as an entrepreneur and I think as a person, I said, OK, Jesus. You told me to open this law firm. You told me I could be a lawyer. Da, 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 da. You gonna let me close? Because if so, <laughs> you gotta show me what I'm doing next. And God, and, and, and for me, part of my business has allowed me to strengthen my relationship with God. Um, and in prayer and in reaching out to other people and other entrepreneurs, it was revealed to me that I needed to give money away. I said, say what? Come on. This is not the time. Come this on. This is not the time. <laughs> hey. This is not the time, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So I did a $221 grocery gift card giveaway yes. in June. Yes. In July. In August. Yes. We got September, October, November, December to go. And if I'm going to do it 2022, I'm going to do it 2022. But it doesn't make sense. But it makes sense. You know, makes I'm a over lot here of sense. focusing. Right. I'm over here focusing on, okay, I need 8000 to be here by Wednesday. But other people are worrying about $8 to catch the bus to go to work to feed their kids. Yep. Right? Like, we got to keep things in perspective. Mm -hmm. I never knew what $8,000 looked like before I opened up a firm. <laughs> hey, it's, it's, un it's called universal law. And the same people that you was probably talking to was talking to me. Now, first things first, you know, I know um, you've been open on your own uh, for like what, a couple years now. Yeah, so. Seven years practicing, two years on my own. Yeah, see, so this now you this is the sweet spot because what happens is we start to learn our fair city dies in the summertime, right? So, yes. and that's what happens. I found that out myself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you got to start understanding, you know, the, the all this um, it's cyclical. You know, you got the yes. cycles and our city just goes away. You know, things that people are just traveling, schools is out. A lot of things are not happening in Columbia, South Carolina from June to June and July. That was the worst months to do almost anything, you know, besides vacation yeah. in this city. So, but you don't know that you just because you're rolling probably the other months and you're thinking, hey, these are, and then it just dies. And I remember mm -hmm. doing that as well. I remember I was in the middle. I just got my house in June, and I don't have nothing on the books. And but luckily, I was able to hit up some people at home in New Jersey where I'm from, and I started going on tour. Literally, like I went on tour. 
And I'm shooting in Jersey, shooting in D.C., shot in Atlanta, different places so that I can earn over the summer. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't understand that. So that's one thing that happens. But also about the giving, you, that universal law, you have to go. That's stirring up that rain you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. talk. We can't bleed blood from a turnip. So what? What has been deposited, so that you can get yeah. back? You know what I'm saying? Right. Now what you deposit, you're gonna get back. Think about it. I just had my celebration in June. On June, I mean July 25th, we gave away thousands of dollars, and you know wow. because that's what happens. And this this is the time when you planting in this city. You know this is when you right. planting the seeds because again the kids aren't eating because they're not in school. You got a lot of kids that's right. not eating. We had hours in 29203 for a reason. You know, okay. um, we gave away food, you know, and we had to give away um, hot dogs and hamburgers. We gave away hot dogs, hamburgers, fish, chicken, red rice from Charleston, all that. Because, hey, we everybody can give you some beanie weenies. No, we're going to make sure you, if you're going to eat with us, you're going to eat right. And shout out to Food exactly. Lion on North Main, I mean, on um, Fairfield Drive who who helped us out as well yeah. to give away and they donated like six hundred dollars worth of um food, you know, to go ahead and do some stuff. So that's this right. is the time. So they were telling you right. And we just trying to hold on because we thinking small business for real. But you're not gonna mm-hmm. be in small business forever. And so you gotta already start trying on them shoes like you was trying on your mother's shoes. The <laughs> shoes you gonna walk in two years from now. You gotta start trying them on right now so you can get used to walking in them beforehand. So you don't fall. Right. And that's what you're doing right now. So in this season, they told you right. You got yeah. this is the time for you to start planting seeds when it's when it's not there, it's time to start planting. And so you're doing right. it right. And that was one of the things that I noticed um when I reached out that you were in a community. Of course, I remember putting on one of your fit on your um Instagram page like Wow, I know your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? She's out there. Uh-huh. And I'm like, but I saw her working in the community. You know, I saw her working in the community. I saw her after hours. So I don't know what she was doing from nine to five, but I saw her after hours working in the community. And so right. it was special to me to see you doing the same thing. And so yeah. I want you to speak on that before we go. Yeah. How important is it to carry on that legacy? You know, and, and you're back home. You could have been anywhere in the country, but you're back home and carrying on that legacy of service. Yeah, it's huge. Um, I'm third generation Columbia, okay? Wow. So my mama and then her mama and her father, her father, Isaac McGraw, was like one of the founding deacons at my church. Okay. He was like the first African-American on the Richland School District, um, Richland County School District. Okay. Um, he was head of like the Black Farmers Association. And so I'm coming from a legacy like that's literally in my blood. Yeah. But then I'm coming from a legacy of like my parents are, well, I'm not going to say their age, but I will say they was born in the 50s. So my parents desegregated their middle and high school. My aunt went up to the U.S. Supreme Court about the desegregation cases. You know, like, I was at those NAACP meetings as a little kid. So landmark cases and landmark 1964 Civil Rights Mm -hmm. Act, 1965 Voting Rights Act. Like these things like don't just go over my head. Like we've had landmark changes in our country because of people who have not just clocked in and clocked out. Right. Like people always say, don't take it personal. No, every case is personal. Yes. You know, every time I argue for a bond hearing, it's personal. Love it. 
But I think there's this illusion to success and there's also an illusion to entrepreneurship, right? I could easily sit up here, got my makeup done today, nails done, got my makeup done today and say, hey, I'm successful, you know, come hire me. But the reality is, I think, again, that's an illusion because it's not just me. It's my grandmother who literally picked cotton whose shoulders I'm on. It's my great-grandmother, my great-great-grandmother who couldn't own property because she was a woman whose shoulders I stand on. Wow. Um, and, and then around me, you don't see the young lady who's answering my phone. You don't see the person who did my website. You don't see the private investigator that gets all my documents served. You don't see my tax attorney. You know, it's a whole team. It's not just me. Yeah, I have the idea. Yeah, my name is on everything. But it's a whole team that makes this operation happen, including my husband. Mm. You know, it's it's a squad. He's on his way right now to drop some paperwork to the courthouse for me and get it back so a client can get their stuff done quick. Yeah. You know, but as far as the illusion of success, you know, it's this illusion. I love hip hop, but I got some of my illusion from it. It's like if I can wear a name brand, if I can drive a certain car, then that's success. Mm -hmm. But to me, my definition of success is, can I teach somebody else to be successful? Can I encourage somebody else? Can I help somebody with the basic needs? Can I let somebody know that if I can do it, you can do it. Yeah. You know, if I can encourage somebody that, yeah, I'm Catherine Myers, but I'm Catherine Myers from Johnson. I'm the same <laughs> Catherine Myers from Perry. All I did was do my schoolwork. I'm not magical. I'm not an exception to the rule. Yeah. And so I started my own nonprofit. Like I said, just the, the legacy of the people that I come from. And I just found that it was hollow. If everything I post on social media is give me money. Yeah. That's not satisfying for me. Like God didn't give me a gift just for me to put it in a jar and look at it. Like that whole mm -hmm. story about the talent. Yep. Either you bury it, you multiply it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for me, community is everything. Yeah. And that's why I have the law firm that I have because I'll serve anybody. I don't care how you look, Yeah, you know, and that's what I learned as an entrepreneur too. You can't assume who can afford you and who can't yeah, not at all, you know, you wrong every time. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. You got to yeah, treat everybody the same. Everybody. I treat everybody the same. I call everybody Mr. And Mrs. And so for me, that sense of community really is like, I just feel empty without it. So I guess it's, you know, how my parents raised. Yeah. No, listen, I know you got You have a legacy. Like I said, when I met your mom, she was dead serious. I would go to the <laughs> Eau Claire print building to those meetings. <laughs> and yes. I've been in multiple times. You back here again. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she was holding court and she had that thing, you know, but she, she cares about the community. And when I saw you doing the same thing, that just amazed me. And, you know, again, you don't have to. Because a lot of people in your position don't, but the mm -hmm. fact that you are is um, worth saluting. And well, then, you. you know, no problem, no problem. And I just salute you and your family because I even learned more about your dad and um, understanding that he's a stand-up individual for just being a, a parent past 18, you know. Um, yeah. And that's, that's near and dear to me. You're reading my book and you'll see why <laughs> when you read, if you finish reading my uh, yeah. I Won't Starve book. It's, it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I had to educate individuals on that and say, you know, you can't mm -hmm. parent until the kids are 18. You know, you have to parent past that. And I'm looking forward to that. I tell my kids all the time, I'm look, I can't wait to the grandkids, even though they're young. 
Yeah. But I can't wait to that. I can't wait. I tell my daughter, wherever you go to college, I'll be living there. I'll have I will have a space there for you and for me so that you're protected, you know, to the best of my yes. ability. Not to stop you from having any experiences, but just to know that you are protected. Because I know what coming 12 hours from home looked like and not knowing I didn't have anybody. You know, right. I didn't have anybody else. I felt like I was in jail, literally, my first year yeah. of school. So it's different. Right. And so I don't want them to ever go through what I went through. I want them because they're going to have their own experiences. If they mm-hmm. had to worry about my experiences and then go through COVID-19, that's what that was set up for them because they're equipped to handle that. If we right. went through COVID-19 when we was in there, you know, in middle school, <laughs> we would have died on the vine. <laughs> So, so that's their own experience. So imagine having to worry about as a teenager paying bills or mm. how you're going to eat. That's not an experience they're supposed to have. So I, I just salute mm. you and I salute your family for putting you in that position and instilling that work ethic in you. And so we talked about you, why you're here. This is why you're here. You're the personification of what we need to see, not just in the community, but in the black community. You know? Um, yes. So when well, our sisters you. are questioning... Tell, I'm gonna tell them. Look at this sister here, and look at her mom. Right. You know, and look at what they what they've done here in Columbia, where you say a lot of people say stuff you can't do. It's major things going on in here. We just got to do a better job of um, highlighting it, and this is what we do here on, in the studio. Yeah. And speaking of highlighting, yeah. please let everybody know your website. Let everybody know all your social media handles and how they can find you. Yes, definitely. So my name is Catherine Myers. So that's the best way to find me. My law firm is the Catherine Myers Law Firm. Um, I am at Myers LF, so that stands for MyersLawFirm.com. From there, you can find all my information, my practice areas. I'm here in Columbia. On Instagram, I'm at Kat, K-A-T-R Myers, so Kat R. Myers. And then my business is at Kat R. Myers underscore law. Um, and then on Facebook, I'm Catherine R. Myers Law Firm. And then my personal page is Catherine Myers Wilson. So if you can't remember any of that, just Google. It's on the Catherine screen. Myers. It's on the screen oh, for good. everybody. Yeah, no, nah, it's gonna it's on the screen for everybody to check it out. And definitely we want to make sure that you are you have all of this for anybody that wants to see. And again, we just thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you and let the world and the city know what you do here. Sir, I'm honored. I'm so inspired by you. I've seen you speak to the young people. I've seen you speak to the screen. I've seen your quotes. I got to get a sample of your book today. I just, thank you. I'm inspired. Thank you so, so much. You. I, I really appreciate you. And you guys, you know how to find me. Everything on social media is I am Jay Halim. Jhalim.com um, is the website. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube page, Jay Halim TV. And make sure you hit the like button for this video and all the other videos so that we can know to let you know what's going on. But again, Catherine, thank you so much and much success to what yeah. you're doing. We go, look, we're going to connect. I'm not even worried about that. But you guys yeah. know how we do on, in the studio. We keep it super exclusive. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, see y'all next time. I'm in the studio with Jay Halleen. I'm in the studio with Jay Halleen. I am in the studio with Jay Halleen. I'm in the studio with Jay Halleen. I'm in the studio with Jay Halleen. You are now in the studio with Jay Halleen. The recording has stopped. Yay!